0: This is Ed McMahon, and now here is Armstrong and Getty. Live I'm from Studio C. is Signor. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., hero to hundreds of millions, considered an anachronism and half a joke on many college campuses, a little old school, really an enabler of white unwokeness, and then people who defend him are the racists. I was going to bring that up, but first of all, speaking of jokers... What was it with you jokers the other day? We played an MLK clip, and we talked about it, and what was that? Oh? What was that?
1: That was his actual birthday.
0: And then we got with what's today? This is the holiday Martin Luther King Day. And We doubled up? Two MLK days got. in like four shows. I'm not allowed to? What do you? Are you against that? I can only do my impassioned speech like once. Know, and you can't bring it twice imagine Fine. if he felt the same way yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah good shot Sean way to go but I was gonna bring that up I have no sense of how uh, uh black America but in particular like the uh the new you know the crowd that's writing these books about and you have to be anti-racist if you're not that that popular new book uh, or th- the theory that if you're not actively anti-racist in everything you do in the way we describe you are a racist right there's there's only two choices you're actively anti-racist or you are a racist yes and what being actively anti-racist is is a constantly moving target and defined by other people and you can't win but by god if you ever violate what we say today is necessary you are a racist then racists are violent, therefore we can commit violence against you. But that is caught on as a uh, as a, as a thing in uh, academia and uh, like the uh, the chattering classes and books and speeches and all that sort of stuff. And I don't uh, how is MLK viewed in that crowd? I don't have any sense of that. You know, I read something the other day, and this person doesn't speak for any for everyone any more than we do or anybody else does, but but they said the problem with MLK is he made it way too easy on white America. And white people embrace his teachings now because you can just do nothing and say, oh, yeah, he was a good dude. Um, But that's not nearly enough. You need to be tearing down white people, tearing down the patriarchy, tearing down the entire system which is built on racism, or you're a racist. I would like to hear some super smart people talk about that. Um I just did, because like I, cause like <laughs> I said, I, I just don't know where he fits. And then and then how do you um, how do you at, attack you know particular parts of the "I Have a Dream" speech, which MLK is most famous for? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see how that fits in with I everything. I think I think you damn him with faint praise, as they say. You would say uh, that was that was fine at the time. It was a, a bridge. It was a uh, he was of his time. Okay. Maybe that was even all he could ask for. But they would probably say Malcolm X had it more right or whatever. I don't know. And we'll talk about that more later. we We got a Super Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks, huh? Yeah, a great one, too, man. Finally! Oh, a couple of great teams. Finally, a rematch from Super Bowl One. <laughs> was Is that right? the Packers? Oh, that's right. The no, Packers the didn't Packers. win. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, San Francisco and Kansas City. So we ex- missed out on a rematch from Super Bowl One. <laughs> what are you, 80? I kept hearing that yesterday. I just it, thought that was funny. That would be kind of fun. I mean, yeah. you'd see a lot of old-timey footage of, you know, three <laughs> yards in a cloud of dust and, you know, lots of handing off, which, oddly enough, is what the 49ers did yesterday. But Chiefs 49ers? Yeah. yeah. So what was the early favorite in that? I, I'm hearing the 49ers. I have to look again. Chiefs but, favored by one was last I saw. Wow. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. There It's It's a wobbler. That's exciting stuff right there. I Wow. Yeah, I, I'm anxious to talk about that at least a little bit, as it is uh, really one of the few moments that we all come together anymore in America. Mm. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, and which should be Saturday. By the way, t- uh, speaking of causes that you're ready to be militant about, that's mine. Move Super Bowl to Saturday? Move Super Bowl to Saturday! Clearly. Who's against that? Nobody! 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 Yeah, we're so, all going to get to. We're going to eat too much. We're going to drink too much. We're going to hoot and holler on the East Coast. The damn thing doesn't end until the wee hours, practically. Right. Right. You know when? When, when is this? six forty-five Eastern. It's. It's come on. Move the Super Bowl to Saturday. You got to get a hashtag going. Especially. Uh, I think it exists, and it just needs, you know, it's, it's the early days of the Super Bowl rights movement. Huh. Um, especially if you're going to do the two weeks between the conference championships and the Super Bowl, the compromise is, all right, move it up to Saturday. I'd prefer one week. Or make the next Monday a holiday. Since I don't actually watch sports anymore, I guess it doesn't make any difference to me whether the Super Bowl is tomorrow or a month from now. (laughs) That doesn't mean you can't stand up for what's right. Um, But back when I used to follow sports, I used to hate the two weeks off. I hated it. Um, Two red teams. Who gets to wear the red? How did they decide uh... that? I I don't know. Who's the home team? Who gets to wear their home red? Ah, they'll have to flip a coin or something. Uh, Clearly has an advantage. Oh, the AFC team is home. I believe. I saw an article where the Niners are asking for an exemption to wear their all white, like throwback uniforms and for some reason they need written league approval to do that and there's some question of whether the no fun league? Yeah. Yeah. Right. They ought to be able to wear khaki shorts and Hawaiian shirts if they want. Who cares? I did see like two minutes of a football game yesterday, and uh, I saw probably the best two minutes as the heaviest person ever scored a touchdown, Yes, which yeah. is, I was very excited about. It was, you know, speaking of civil rights, <laughs> real, Body shaving. real step forward for the heavy set, Jack. Guy almost 400 pounds? Oh, yeah. Hey, he's big as a house. Six eight, almost 400 pounds. Yeah, he doesn't even look that fat, but he's a big oh, old boy. That is a giant human being right there. I tell you what. Heaviest person to ever score a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would kind of like to run. I'd, I'd like him to r- push me a little bit, just so I'd have a sense of it.
1: Oh, I, I yeah. wouldn't want him to hit
0: me at full speed. You obviously, like being hit by a car. I'd be in the hospital. But I'd just yeah. like him to, you know, just kind of... Or you, me. better yet, you try to push him out of your yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You away like a child. That's it. I would like to run at him. With pads and a helmet on and try to get him to move. Put his (laughs) massive hand on top of your head like you're six years old. Right. Look like a baseball in his hands and just push you backwards. Like when I'm wrestling my kids. You're swinging your arms. I'm going to hit you. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite part of the weekend. Heaviest person ever (laughs) scores a touchdown. Uh, I don't know if anybody wants to hear this. But I think I finally have my head wrapped around impeachment. Two things on impeachment, which starts oh, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, One, F- of course we want to hear it. It's huge. I just I've want to t- say, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? One, <laughs> historic. One I've actually gotten a little bit excited for it. and yeah. I'll, We'll play you some audio for that coming up, explaining why it's starting to get a little bit exciting. And two, I think I finally understand what the Democrats' strategy was, legally speaking. And, it, and if this was their strategy, it may have been pretty brilliant. Well, what What do you mean? In delaying it for weeks? Why they or... didn't they call witnesses and all that sort oh, of stuff? Oh, in the house. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think I finally get that. All and right. They explain, I, had, I listened to lawyers explain it, and I had to listen it like three times to fully wrap my head around it. But wow. I think they had a strategy, and it may turn out to be pretty brilliant, actually. Wow. Okay. So we'll uh, talk would, about that That later. would uh, get my attention. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Anyway, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is uh, Monday, January 20th. A year from now, either Donald J. will be re-sworn in or somebody new will be sworn in. At noon, a year from now. Wow, today in a year. Yeah. Oh. It's kind of exciting People to think about of the it. the future, what happens? Anyway, we Armstrong and, Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go. Yes, we're at work, and apparently you're uh, busy, too. Here we go at Mark. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read. Of the freedom of speech, yes. somewhere I read. Yes. Of the freedom of
1: press, yes. somewhere I read yes. that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right.
0: There you go. A message so righteous, so pure, so undeniable. It 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 changed history, and they're chucking that aside in in favor of well. I think this group should get this much power, and because we're smart and we're professors and journalists, this group should get this much power. I tell you what I hope this this idiot, this dangerous, this horrific movement in fake civil rights passes as quickly as it appears appeared um how does mailbag look? Oh, it's fine and dandy it it includes some really interesting information on something you're gonna hear about later today. It's gonna to be a big old headline we'll we'll let you know uh. You know what you need to know. Awesome. All the stuff we mentioned, how impeachment's going to unfold, everything, on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong
1: and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: room where they've got um, some very old donuts and they had the TV on and what on ESPN watching sports guys talk about football in serious tones like it's health care or gay rights or something right like you know the world hangs in the balance is always amusing to me and I like so be angry about oh it. yeah oh yeah they're <laughs> mad and they're in <laughs> each other's face <laughs> I mean it's very serious yeah yeah Chiefs 49ers. Huh? Huh? it's a whale of a matchup, Jack. Mailbag. Do I get back on the Chiefs bandwagon? Well,
1: 49ers fans are saying yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no kidding. Jack is the cooler if you're new to the show. His very uh, statement of preference for a team is fatal. In 100% of the cases. Uh Uh-huh really quite amazing. I'm surprised that you are not being held right now, chained in the basement of some Las Vegas casino, <laughs> and, you know, being beaten by gangsters who make you profess your love for one <laughs> team or another, and the fixes then end. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Martin Luther King Jr., uh, and, and there uh, there is no political freedom without personal freedom, <clears throat> and there is no personal freedom without uh, knowledge. And he uh, he he preached that all his life, and it made a huge impression on me as a boy, actually. Um, and so, his freedom-loving quote of the day today is: "The function of education is to teach one to think intensively and to think critically. Intelligence plus character—that is the goal of true education." And getting back to our criticism of college campi these days. Uh, to think intensively and to think critically. No, they're being taught to reflexively agree with the party line at all times. It's just so outrageous. It's you know, I know I rant on and on about it, but please join, won't you? Somebody in the know, you uh, you work on a college campus or you got kid whatever, whatever reason you are is for knowing. Is MLK still a revered big deal on college campuses that you know of or not? I don't really have a sense of that. Text line is four one five two nine five kftc Yeah, or is he a yes but character, or, or what? How is he seen? Four one five two nine five kftc or if you prefer to email, mailbag at Uh William writes, hey, you guys are working today. It means you are among the necessary people. Only uh, the unnecessary have today off. I'm mm. sure that's true. But... Markets are closed. If my money is not working, why am I? Mm? Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good uh, question. I would tell you this. A lot of the holidays, a lot of national holidays exist because governments are negotiating with public uh, workers, unions, and they can't get any more money out of the taxpayers, so they say, How about we give you another day off? Right. Now, there's plenty of good reasons to have a holiday today. Taxpayers Um, go to work. That's one of them. The taxpayers go to work to pay for government workers to stay home. Yes, you work for the government. Just uh, be sure you know that. And then. Fall into line. Let's see. I'm going to go with this one. Uh, so the Navy is going to announce today, I believe, that they are naming an aircraft carrier. I believe it's a, a new Ford-class aircraft character, uh, carrier rather, after Doris Miller. A woman? A dude named Doris. It's practically a boy named Sue, as his family explains, Jack. And thanks to alert listener Samuel um, for passing this along. um. It is uh is an amazing story of heroism uh during the attack in world war during uh, at pearl harbor rather this um he was like a, a you couldn't be a fighting man as a black man at that point in the american service so he was a, more or less a, a cook and a cleaner and a laundry guy and whatever and um he was named Doris because his parents were expecting a girl, and then just stuck with the same name, all which is right. odd to say the least. yeah I'd say if you're expected parents, don't do that anyway, go ahead and have a, a name for both sexes but the the ships were were being attacked his his crewmates were dying there's mayhem all around. He was ordered to uh evacuate and help get the captain off the ship who was mortally wounded, and instead he grabbed a machine gun. And started an unleashing hell on the Japanese Zeros. And uh, with, with some success, I guess, and was uh, a hero and, and uh, went on a speaking tour and the rest of it. Anyway, so the Navy is going to finally, finally recognize his heroism, I guess, and name an aircraft carrier after hmm. him. Which is nice. Anyway, good for him. Uh, let's see. You know, this is heavy. This is very serious. I'm not sure I want to go with heavy and serious right now.
1: What's roughly
0: the subject matter? Well, uh, it's funny. We received a couple of different emails on the same topic, one uh, turning us on to a, a link to a story in the WAPO, and that is the miserable, unforgivable state of our foster care system oh, yeah, in the U.S. of A. Boy. And, and how these you know beautiful little children, through zero fault of their own, are in miserable circumstances. They have no parents or their parents are junkies or abusive or, or what have you. And we as a society, because those kids don't have powerful lobbyists that bribe politicians, we as a society have no money, no time, and no energy for them. And often they get treated like hell and they have miserable lives and they grow up to be prostitutes and criminals. Drug addicts are dead. There's all kinds of reasons to want to care about this. Oh my gosh, <clears throat> the, yeah. the obvious, just caring about little kids not having sucky lives, there's that. But, uh... All kinds of reasons just to to, to to not have to spend so much money on people who are not going to make it and are going to be very expensive for society. Yeah, so for practical reasons and just, you know, decent Christian reasons or whatever, um, this should be such a big issue. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, I want to talk about that a little bit later on, comparing and contrasting the things at which hundreds of millions, billions of dollars are thrown because people are making money on it, even as politicians give you their... Their uh, eloquent. Speaks of their uh, speeches, of their great concern for mankind and their noble purpose. Blah blah blah. They got all sorts of money for uh, people who bribe them, and nothing for, for instance, public defenders, which is a constitutional right, and uh, and and foster kids, that sort of thing. So anyway, I realize it's 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 very serious, and often we are jocular and hilarious around here, but, which we hope to be coming up. Yes, um, but you know it's it's worth thinking about, huh? How did impeachment unfold the way it did? Stay tuned for that. Of waiting 50 years, their dreams have come true. Hail! to the king of the Chiefs' kingdom forever. Because today the team that Lamar Hunt founded has just won Lamar Hunt's trophy in the stadium that was Lamar Hunt's dream. Kansas City is the AFC champion. They are headed to Miami for Super Bowl 54. Final score, Kansas City 35, Tennessee 24. I like how he had that. Hesitate there to figure out the Roman numerals. Yeah, Super Bowl. What's the L? What's an L? <laughs> 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 ah, oh, boy. So I, we, we uh, two of the stations or two of the cities we're most successful in the Armstrong and Getty show currently, based on ratings. Yeah, San Francisco and Kansas City. Oh, the dilemma, huh? Huh? What? And I have rooted for both teams. Oh yeah. yeah. Although I've rooted for more for the Chiefs than any team probably uh, in, in in America. Since you're a little lad, huh? I wouldn't be a I wouldn't be bandwagon jumping if I got into the Kansas City. I haven't watched a snap of Mahomes oh, play football. Oh boy! But I could oh, I would crazy fun. But uh, I could get a hey. Were you there during the Steve Deberg years? <laughs> were you? Oh, wow. Were you? Wow. So you're, <laughs> you're gonna try to find your real fan card. First of all, it's there with your high school yearbooks. <laughs> oh, I've sat through some four and twelve seasons. Oh boy! So where Niners in fans sat through four and twelve season last year, which is amazing. I know it. That's amazing. Yeah, I understand how that happens in the NBA, where you just got five guys starting. How you can you know turn your you get one good player and you know twenty percent of your team has changed. Yeah, but in the NFL, for things to change that fast is amazing. Well, yeah, part of it was that their star quarterback uh, had only one knee, one functioning knee. For the entire season. But. Jack, isn't your family Chiefs fans? Oh, yeah. All my brothers were texting, so, and my brother just kept texting. I can't believe they're actually going to the Super Bowl. And he texted me the same thing in like ten minutes. <laughs> I still can't. even It hasn't sunk in yet. He was so excited. So, so, so if you look. wear a hat and or, or, and you're a cooler, they'll never talk to you again. True. True. I'll be <laughs> shut yeah. out of family Christmases. Uh, so we got impeachment tomorrow. Less Less fun than talking about the football game, probably. Well, the impeachment starts, and I can't wait. I think it's tons of fun. Are you kidding? It's hard to say yet, because nobody knows exactly how it's going to play out. But I heard this on Friday. One guy describing how it could go, and I thought, okay, you might have my attention now. This is Mark Thiessen. He's a columnist for the Washington Post with a little description of how it could play out.
1: Look, I think Ken Starr is absolutely right. They are going to have witnesses in all likelihood, and his legal team is going to take advantage of that because be one of the key parts of the president's defense is that if Hunter Biden, what his contract with Burisma was corrupt, then his phone call with the Ukrainian president had a public purpose. It wasn't self-dealing. So they're going to put Joe Biden and Hunter Biden on trial. And, there's, and it's not just Hunter Biden that will probably testify. You're probably going to have Amos Hochstein, who was the Obama energy czar, uh, who uh, he, he was the one who went to Biden and, t- and told him that there's a problem with you have a conflict of interest with your with your son's business dealings what did he say what did he say to joe biden they're going to bring in legal experts uh to prove the case that hunter biden's uh, deal was corrupt they're going to investigate his deals in china and romania because it shows a pattern of corruption on the part of hunter biden and then finally they will bring in the vice president himself and the vice president will not be under legal cross-examination will not be able to get away with saying focus on donald trump and I might, nobody says my son did anything wrong because there will be many witnesses who said that his son in fact did something wrong. Can Hunter, you imagine, you're a loser.
0: Can you imagine the leading candidate to run against the president being questioned to try to make the point that clearly this was a corrupt deal your son was involved in? And looking at other things to show a pattern of corruption with his family, whether it even, whether it even stuck or not. Just imagine what that spectacle would look like day after day. I think you're 100% right. There's, and there's no counter argument that would that would sink the ship, the good ship Biden. So that's the uh that's the excitement of the uh the, the Biden side, right? To the, the, yeah. the bring in Hunter Biden and everything like that. Yep. How about the other side? This Lev Parnas person, Trey Gowdy spoke to that. If you're going to make Lev Parnas the center of your impeachment prosecution, then you're also opening yourself to having to call the hundreds of witnesses who have an opinion on his veracity and credibility. So it's not just Lev Parnas who's a witness. It's anyone who has an opinion on his credibility. So now this six-week trial is a six-month trial. Good boy. Don't you threaten me. (laughs) yeah. That's what I thought. And that's just the Lev Parnas portion. Oh, yeah. That's not even the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden portion. Well, and never mind John Bolton and Mick Mulvaney and the rest of it. I mean, if you call them, you're allowed to call counter witnesses or cross-examine them and the rest of it, and it'll be October 28th, and, you know, we'll still be going. So will that can of worms get open to the whole witness thing? If it does, it looks like we're going for months here, people. Now, starting tomorrow, these rules have been laid out so far. Prosecution gets 24 hours. The defense gets 24 hours a testimony to lay this sort of thing out. It's literally ex- 24 hours of, of, of courtroom n- time. Enjoying, of it's, time. Ex- it's not a courtroom. It's not a trial. It's but, expected that. Okay. Wow, that's funny. Mi- Mitch McConnell is going to announce 12 hour days at the beginning. So they're going to do so. You two 12 hour days for the prosecution. Two 12 hour days for the other side. He doesn't mind that because tortoises live like 150 <laughs> years, so he's fine with that. To get that whole thing out of the way. Good lord. Then after they do that they'll get to the voting and jawing about whether or not they have witnesses. Now, here's what I learned yesterday from uh, Chris Wallace, who's really good, and I had Lindsey Graham on. And I think I finally understand what the strategy was. I hope I can explain this in a way that makes sense, since I uh, did not consider going to law school and had no interest in it. Mm. But I've been wondering all along, why, why did the House not, why didn't they subpoena Bolton? Why didn't they try to make that happen? Why didn't they you know, say, look, this is important? He subpoenaed, the, the White House claims executive privilege, and then you let the Supreme Court decide. Right. Here's why there have been two Supreme Court rulings on this issue. One is that, uh, and this was in the Nixon case, you can't claim executive privilege if there's a possible crime here. If you're, if you're being accused of a crime, executive privilege goes out the window. So you got to turn over the tapes in that case, or you'd have to let Bolton testify or whatever. The tapes, which were early Grateful Dead shows, if you're not a student of history, the Nixon tapes. But the other Supreme Court ruling that happened around executive privilege was there has been a Supreme Court ruling that made it clear. The Supreme Court thinks, look, we're going to leave it up to the Senate. This is the way this is designed. We're not going to jump into this. If the Senate says... It's executive privilege it is. If they say it's not, it's not. We're not going to make that decision. Interesting. In other words, if you can come up with 51 senators that say, no, Bolton's got to testify, the Supreme Court is not going to touch that. And I think Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer thought we can get 51. Currently, the 66% of Americans believe there should be witnesses. Mm-hmm. So the White House will claim executive privilege. The Democ- There'll be a vote on that. in the Senate... The Democrats will be able to peel off a handful of those moderate Republicans. There will be 51 senators who say, You got to testify. The Supreme Court's saying, We don't want a part of this. Okay. It's up to you to decide. And so, in effect, as Lindsey Graham says, the Senate then destroys executive privilege. This way. If they had done it in the House, it would have gone to the Supreme Court, and they might have lost. Right. In the Senate, the Senate gets to decide it's not a legal matter. They like their chances better. They like their chances better. It's not a legal matter. It's a political matter. Yeah. And they think they've got 51 that will say, yeah, you got to do it. So now they can get their John Bolton or whoever they want to testify. Was that their plan all along? Some people believe so. Wow, that's an interesting theory. I I tell you, though... The the moderate Republicans are are pretty serious people. I mean, most of them, they're probably moderate by nature, but they're also moderate because their electorate is moderate and they want to get reelected. But they're also pretty serious people, and if they get the feeling that they will be destroying executive privilege, being the you know the doctrine that the the, the president gets to get confidential consultations with his advisors, they have to be able to talk things over in private to come up with policy and decide what to do about war and peace and the rest of it. Sure. Imagine giving uh, your boss advice if you thought, you know, there's a chance this is going to come out. (laughs) Yeah. Every single word was going to be reported not only to the board of directors, but the public. Yeah, so the principle of executive privilege has existed for a very long time and is, is more or less sacred. This was a way around it. It's pretty uh, clever if this well, was a e- plan. Except that if, in effect, they will be destroying it de facto in the Senate for any future impeachment or whatever, I'm thinking your Susan Collinses are going to realize uh, and your other moderates that, wow, that would be a hell of a thing to do. Because if your theory is true, Jack, that they're correct, that we're going to have an impeachment every other year now. They're, 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 I'm not the only person saying that, right? Well, if that's true, and they're destroying executive privilege, um, I'm not sure they're going to want to do that. But we'll, we'll see. So, can uh. you get a handful of Republicans to peel off? Given that poll that came out last week that showed 60 some percent of Americans think there should be witnesses, the whole executive privilege thing will get lost. People aren't, you know, people don't enough people don't pay pay close enough attention to care about that issue. Yeah, there be, yeah, there ought to be witnesses. So you have because it's a trial. Every trial has witnesses. Right. That's the argument. So um, dumb people rule the day again. So how, ignorant. So seeing how that plays out is kind of exciting. And then, as you just heard from the clips, you get to witnesses. You got Hunter Biden up there, and their whole point is to make him look corrupt. Because if he is corrupt, then the president was doing the right thing. He was hunting out corruption. He wasn't just trying to get dirt on an opponent. He was hunting out corruption, like he says in Ukraine. If you can show Hunter Biden and perhaps his dad to be corrupt-ish at least. Well, then on the left partner side, you got six months of trying to beat that guy up. Right. <laughs> awesome. Keep, keeping in mind that you don't have to prove anything. All you have to do sure. is sow enough seeds of doubt that you don't get two thirds of the Senate, which is kind of been assumed by everybody ain't going to happen anyway. Right. So your bar is pretty low. So it could get exciting. All, All you've got to do is prevent people that nobody expects senators that nobody expected to go the get rid of them route. All you have to do is prevent them from doing what they're not inclined to do anyway. I went from thinking this was going to be a complete snoozer to thinking it might be pretty exciting. The only thing is this excitement could play out very slowly. I mean, if you have six months, think how oh, slow that would be. No, forget it. Just uh, let me know what happens, you know. God, and you'd just, be, I'm not watching the whole thing. You'd have impeachment. Nobody could. You'd have impeachment in the middle of the conventions. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be wild. Would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and I think ultimately fatiguing and, and cynicizing, is that a word? Making people even more cynical and just... Oh, yeah, just oh, a yeah. drag in short. <laughs> the whole thing's drag, man. yeah, I anyway send it, we're having a damn vote in in November, so if if I hope I hope th- is that enough for you 24 hours? of uh, each side laying out their case, because they're going to say exactly the same. I almost dropped an S-bomb. They're going to say exactly the same S. Say it. They said the last four times you tuned in. Right. The same. And here's the here's the exciting part. The same people yes. <laughs> are yes. going to say the same S that Not you've a heard joke. several times. And it's going to be the equivalent of six consecutive eight-hour days. Of listening to that Oh my god I mean, Kill me Seriously I need my kill me clip Because that is going to be That is going to be my feeling For perhaps the next six months Should have done that to al-Baghdadi Instead of droning him He'd have flipped He'd have told us where all the bombs are You just made him watch him. Oh for God's sake it Stop Kill me Kill me If I hear another syllable out of Adam Schiff I'll kill myself (laughs) Kill me Kill me So here you go For better or worse That's it The Armstrong and Getty Show 98.6 isn't the new temperature human beings are Stay tuned My whole life it's been 98.6 They changed it Wow are we getting hotter or colder? Global warming has affected humans. Stay tuned. Unless it's gotten colder. Because we're all staring at our phones and we've grown cold. There's no human contact anymore. China's going to run out of people. Come on, na- China! another story we got to get to. New York Times endorsed two candidates. All right. Yeah, in an act of stunning cowardice and intellectual dishonesty, they have endorsed two, and their explanation for it is funny. Barry. In my mind. Well, it's it's enormous cowardice, but you know what what else do you expect? Well, this is shocking. Did you see sixty Minutes last night? It was one of those um, uh, repackaged uh, rerunny put together on a theme shows. But I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was all wildlife, focused on animals. Yeah, it was uh, great white sharks right off the coast of uh, Cape Cod, like right there. You could you know hurl your beach umbrella at one in spirit from from the uh, the shore, which was chilling. I didn't see that, but I did see some of Seven Worlds, One Planet, the new David Attenborough uh, nature miniseries that debuted Saturday night. Do we need another nature series? Another David Attenborough. Look at the walrus. <laughs> um, He's enormous. Uh, so anyway, yeah, and, and wolves at Yellowstone, and then uh, what was it? Oh, a uh, uh, wildlife photographer. I found it. It was great. It was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, But uh, last week, speaking of David Attenborough, the liar... BBC's Frozen Planet came under fire when it was revealed that a scene of a polar bear and her two newborn cubs was staged in a zoo. Look at the cubs, but they will not survive the winter. Fake bears, fake bears. Well, it was uh, the real bears, but it was staged. Mother goes on a search for food while the cubs stay behind. In the following days, the Daily Mail, which is sometimes accurate... But it was a zoo? Well, yeah, it was staged in a zoo. It was a guy in a polar bear costume.
1: <laughs> oh, he <guy> around.
0: <laughs> and, his, and two little kids in a little polar bear costume. It was cute. In the following days, it was reported other scenes were not filmed with the animals in their natural environment, including one of a caterpillar crawling around in a wintry scene that really took place... In a box. I'm not sure I care. Do oh, I care? Oh, you're all right with dishonesty, fakery, fraud, jack soft on fraud, label the podcast. Now, if you're going heavy and hard on, uh, you're trying to convince me of global warming and all that sort of stuff, and you're using made-up footage about polar bears, look at this polar bear as the snow recedes, and it's on a street corner. It's cement everywhere. It's, it, what's mm. that got to do with it? Uh, if you're trying to make a political point, but if it's just, I mean, if it's ultimately the story is true... The caterpillar's in a box instead of out in the jungle. Why make them fly all the way to the Amazon to get this caterpillar on a leaf if they can get it uh, in the studio? What the hell difference does <sighs> oh, it make? Oh, that's fraudulent. Uh, so they, uh, they did an investigation and found a number of other scenes that were highly deceptive, or at least misleading, or at least you assume they were in nature and nobody said they were. And, uh, you know, mum's the word. Let's see, the big director in charge. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The BBC's actions in not disclosing the truth, according to Chris Palmer, wildlife filmmaker and author of Shooting in the Wild, etc., 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 you don't care, neither do I. This is a documentary, not a movie, he said. When people look at a documentary, there's an implied promise that what you're seeing is real. Eh? On the other hand, uh, let's see. Doesn't bother me. I'm not going to tell my kids. This is all fake, by the way. Look at That's this. That's a guy in a polar bear outfit. <laughs> It's actually the Bronx Zoo. <laughs> now, oddly enough, this Palmer guy who's leading the charge against the so-called dishonesty, and a- a- Attenborough's people pointed out, we're not going to put a film crew in a cave with polar bears. Number one, it disturb the bears and the baby bears. Number two, they'd eat us. So, But this is the way they cuddle in the artificial cave in the zoo, you know. You pains in the butt. (laughs) Anyway, I love this. Uh, Palmer himself, who was the guy griping just, you know, 30 seconds ago, admitted that he himself has staged scenes, including an Irish film on wolves, where some of the wolves he used were rented. (laughs) Rented wolves. (laughs) That's a good band name. Shame. 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 Welcome to Joe's Wolf Rental. How can I help you? Some of the wolves used were cocker spaniels. How can I help you? That's how you'd have to greet people. <laughs> at the wolf place, everybody, all the uh, everybody who works there has to wear your wolf shirt, like your wolf T-shirt that you wear. Or howling at the moon, right? Yeah. yeah. By How way, can by, I help you? By the way, I was in a stonatorium yesterday, kind it, of by accident. A stonatorium? is a smoke shop. Yeah. Okay. Or, <laughs> a dispensary. I don't know what it was, but it was uh, clearly a place where uh, people like you hang out. Uh, there. I John. don't know what that means. Wow, but that no hasn't sounded <laughs> at all. <laughs> and they sold all the stuff. My son wanted to go in there because he said it was a hippie store and he liked the looks of the posters. But I got yes. in there and I, I, I can tell it was a stonatorium. Um, but they had a lot of
1: stone.
0: They had a lot of wolf T-shirts. Is that a thing among the stoner crowd? Wolf T-shirts is that popular? <laughs> It's kind of a mocking thing. Uh, I was. I thought, oh, the wolf T-shirt, Sean. That's yes. how I, I get it. <laughs> Not directly tied, but I could. There seems to be some overlapping Venn diagrams <laughs> right. of people who who like those sort of things. Sure. Yeah, it's like Dungeons and Dragons. Not everybody, but yeah, they had some fan, a fair number. They had some fantastic wolves in front of a giant moon in T-shirts. <laughs> I think it's re- very like naturey, right? Sure. Like, oh it's from the earth man, like that guy. <laughs> right. Wow, wow. Don't tell me you walked out of there without one for your boy. Rented wolves. <laughs> Chicks dig the wolf t shirt, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Um yeah, the New York Times endorsed two candidates for some <laughs> reason. We